You're listening to the Finding Your Freestyle podcast with Tracy Kafer. Episode 3, Conscious Parenting with Kate Hughes. Hi guys, it's Tracy Kafer here again with the Finding Your Freestyle podcast. We have kind of a different podcast than you might expect today, and we are a little shorter on time, so you can consider this a mini episode. And our topic today is going to be on conscious parenting. So I have with me today one of my dearest friends, Kate Hughes. Say hi, Kate. Hi, I'm Kate. (laughs) So Kate is actually one of my oldest friends. We met, um, how old are we? 14? Yeah. 14. And honestly, she's been uh, an energetic constant to me. And I've got to watch her become a mother Um, of two beautiful children in Brooklyn. She lives in Brooklyn still. Obviously, I don't live in Brooklyn, but there are not a lot of modern-day parents that I know in my life that I'm truly, truly inspired and captivated by the way that they parent. And Kate, even from seeing how she engaged with her pregnancy into how she parents, I just find her her creational vibe and her... um, her autonomy and really trying to transform the way she parents compared to maybe her upbringing, what she was exposed to. I just find it incredibly inspiring. And now I don't have children, so I'm out of my comfort zone talking to Kate about, you know, parenting, but I'm really open to just, I'd love to just know her perspective, how she arrived there and and where she's at now. Um, Hopefully just to have a dialogue with all of you because I know many of you are parents. So Kate, Let's start with um, your background. You can even tell us, you know, what you do, um, maybe a little bit about, you know, your ancestral (laughs) (laughs) lineage, um, you know, what that vibe was and and where you are now. So you can just start wherever you want and go wherever you want. I will start with, I'm so happy to be here (laughs) at this table with these candles. I (laughs) I feel very open and I know that you don't have children, but I feel like Conscious parenting is really just like conscious being a person and mm-hmm. around other people, the connection from human to human. And it relates a lot also to my husband. I think partnering or just being in a room with anyone, and I'm in a room with my two daughters all the time, mm-hmm. it just constantly reminds you how to treat people and how to treat yourself, even when your instincts are like maybe to make yourself feel shame or mm-hmm. m- make your kids feel you know, sorry. Mm. So it feels, it is parenting for all the parents out there, but it's also just peopling or whatever you call living, I guess would be. Yeah. And I think, well, I'm, I'm on the outside looking in, but there is such a focus on growth and self-awareness, um, and doing the work coming from, from where you, how you've developed your parenting style, if you will, I'm holding up air quotations. Yes, because it is, it's so true, a growth as a parent, working with your kids as a mirror, you know, they say your kids are your greatest teachers, Mm. in the same way maybe your partner is, or any any colleague, or anyone that, you know, is a mirror to you of how you're acting, and you ask yourself why, and is this a choice, or is this just a habit? Yeah. So it it does feel very outwardly growing. Um. 
my background is that I'm a writer. I'm a freelance writer, which is really allows me to create my life and make time for both momming and writing. I I I have found a lot of importance in parenting, which is why I'm here because you know, I was raised like I think a lot of us with parents who their parents were born in like the 20s and 30s and you know, society was just more industrialized and regimented and so was parenting and there was a very strong hierarchical structure absolutely and that's that's all been changing especially in um the kind of creative economy that we're in now and definitely that I live you know that's that's not an outskirts theory for us you know we have our own insurance make our own hours find my own clients um and that's been able to afford us a life with way more FaceTime yes. by my by our own choosing. So yeah, so I you know, so being um, emotionally connected, heard, seen, and validated at every turning point was not the priority, I think, in previous generations. <laughs> and feels like something I would like to prioritize now. But how do I do that not having necessarily experienced that? Um, it's a it's a practice day to day. I think it's probably the first real practice that I've done so consistently. Mm. I've like taken yoga classes. I've never meditated, which is you've never meditated really insane because I'm Tracy's friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, as a practice, I mean, I think I think that you'd be surprised just knowing how intentional you are, knowing you personally, how intentional you are with so many things, even like writing. I think. Maybe in a traditional sense, you haven't done seated meditation, but like I think some of what you do with your life, some of the poetry you've written, I think there's mm. a meditative process in there mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, just sitting and reflecting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been important. And then, you know, uh, my first human came out of my body in <laughs> 2014, and the second one uh, 10 months ago. So it's, it's a focus. Yeah. So let's talk about, you, you made these humans, they popped out <laughs> the way that they did. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> yeah, like, like we can simplify that into that word. It's kind of hilarious I know, to me. I love it. <laughs> but um, where did it start for you? Like, because obviously you can't, you, your whole philosophy was not supported by experience. Mm-hmm. So how did you get started? You know, because it has become a practice. Where did that begin? How did that begin? That is a good question. I, uh, no formal training. I think we just tried to let our daughter have her own emotional experience and veer off when she needed to. So if she, if she was sad, she could be sad. I ran into a lady on the street, you know, and um, Penelope was crying. And she was like, don't cry, dear, don't cry. And I was like... That is just the autopilot for any tearing up. Yeah. Just don't, no. Especially for, I don't know, this lady was like 60. Um, but I was like, she can cry. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to cry all day, but she can cry, you know. Um, Love it. And so I think that that's those were like dipping our toes into... That was the beginning, it's just... Waking up to that, to the behaviors? I think letting her have her emotions was the beginning. Uh, okay. And I don't know exactly... How did you know you wanted her to have that space? I think that's me. That's my 
because my personal experience felt like not fully emotionally validated. Yeah. I got a lot of don't cry or if I was upset, it's fine or, you know, those things. And I feel like to allow yourself to feel those emotions, one obviously allows them not to grow, which is in- incredibly helpful. But two, like feeling that discomfort of being um, frustrated or resentful or guilty is hard, but avoiding it doesn't grow. And also doesn't let you veer off into different experiences emotionally that you would like to have, you know? Yeah. It doesn't let you be spontaneous. It doesn't let you be unexpected with yourself. You you come to feel like you can only be one way, which is happy, whatever that means. Hmm. Which is maybe not really happy. So I think, I mean, yeah. I, I know when our oldest one turned one, that's when they kind of get frustrated because they can't speak. Hmm. Speak English is what we speak. We say this a lot to Penelope. We say, Hazel doesn't speak English yet. She might be speaking, I don't know, something else. From what I've read, they speak some form of light language. It's really interesting if you ever looked up light language, but... No. I'll have to tell it's totally other subject, but um, it's sort of like a... Yeah, again, it's, it's a really fascinating, slightly woo-woo thing that adults actually do and channel. I'm but, into um, it. I'm into it. But they, some light language... Uh, practitioners say that children have this pre-English language, sort of light language, that they that, that has meaning that's not necessarily like words that we know. I mean, it has to be right, because let's say you just have a bunch of babies and you put them in a room for a long time in a non-neglectful, totally fancy <laughs> land. They're going to figure out how to communicate. Yeah, true, 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 true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you, so it started with, you know, letting her have... Yes. These emotions. So I remember when she was one, like, feeling frustrated, and um, she would hit herself in the head, like, Aww. smack her forehead. It was just one way of her, like... I mean, can every big emotion... Is, every emotion is a big emotion and can feel overwhelming to all of us, even as adults, but especially to a one-year-old. So we would try to help her through that and not say, don't hit yourself. Yeah. Even though that's what I wanted to say. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and then as she, you know, grew, I think encouraging even the high ones too you know because we talk a lot about letting her feel frustrated and letting her feel mad um but we like to encourage laughter a lot and we do things like tickle fights on the bed or like jumping around she makes up her own stories which really don't make sense she put we let her play with her food maybe that's an example Mm -hmm. of um letting her have her own experience i really still don't understand why we're not allowed to do that you know, yeah. I mean, practically. there's definitely like um, l- labeled appropriate things we're allowed to do with our body yes. and our curiosity. And I love that you, you know, encourage her to experience those highs as well because I think in certain instances children have more energy than we do, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot and experienced as well where there's a suppression of of those bursts yes. of joy. And I think we can kind of untrain ourselves to feel those and to allow ourselves to feel those and oh that's such a shame but playing with food that's interesting I would consider that so that's sort of something we like to do or as as children yeah yeah and I like what you're saying about um you know it's almost like I don't have time for your joy you know (laughs) if someone you know if she's like dancing or if she wants to you know we're freelance so I don't have to be a 
you know, at the office at nine. Mm. So if she wants, she likes closing gates and at the brownstones on all the sidewalks. So we'll do that. And then sometimes, you know, she wants to jump off and on like dismount from stairs and stuff like that's joy, you know, like she's exploring and finding these new beautiful ways to do it. But the idea is we don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. And I think as we make more time for our make more like balanced kind of like work life integrations Mm. maybe we'd have a little more time to allow some of those things it makes me think of you know just what we do in finding your freestyle experiences where we're really trying to refine curiosity um, and non-judgment these things Mm. that are very innate in children Mm -hmm. and when you know she wants to jump around and play with gates because it's interesting to see how these mechanisms work that, that doesn't really work on a linear timeline of getting to daycare by whatever, whatever time. Um, what shutting that down, um, what that does to us long-term to really forget. Yeah. Um, and it's and it sucks because there is an element of kind of needing to integrate into society. I know. You know, because that's a thing too. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to take you on a little bit of a curve here to... Um, Beyond, you know, intuitively and instinctually finding these these experiences with your child that work better for, you know, how you want her to be, uh, how you want her to experience her life, how about some support, like books or um, other people? How, how has that played a role in how you've developed your style? Someone asked me what our parenting style once was when Penelope was two. We were at a shoe store, and they brought her shoes over, and I was like, put those on. And she just learned how to kind of put them on, but, like, not really. And the per, the shoe per representative kept trying to help her. And I was like, please don't do that. Please don't do that. She can put her own shoes on. And someone came over to me, and they said, what is your parenting style? I'm, I'm really interested. I like it. And I was like, I have no idea what is my parenting style. But shortly thereafter, we found a book called Peaceful Parenting. So we've been following that. It's by Dr. Laura Markham. She lives in Brooklyn. Markham? Yeah, M-A-R-K-H-A-M. Okay, great. And she also has a peaceful parenting handbook, which is good, like, if anyone wants to work on actual exercises, like being reflective and prompts and things like that. Love that. Yes. Uh, It's mostly about validating every emotion, which sounds like, who has time for that? (laughs) And why is, first of all, why isn't someone doing that for me? I have to do it for someone else. True. Validating every emotion and also regulating yourself as the parent first. And those like are... emotional regulation. Yes. Yeah. Um, because when, when you're too frustrated to handle the situation, mm-hmm. you're not modeling well for your child, and you're also not moving towards a resolution. You're just letting the and situation And I've fall. actually done a little bit of reading on this. Um, actually, because of my fear of flying... And learning that emotional regulation and you know activation of the parasympathetic nervous system, all these things are really important when you're in a situation where you're just pumping out stress hormones because yes. you keep catastrophizing um, because of anxious thoughts. And you know this that follow this guy, he's really brilliant, and he's wrote, written this system for how to help people with a fear of flying. And he talks about how children are really learning to regulate from how they're treated when they're upset by their parents and the parents are, are doing that regulation for them, that validation and 
taking them, letting them go up and taking them down. And it's lovely to hear you say that, like, that's important to do for them. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond just saying it's okay to feel this, but actually, you know, giving them tools. Yeah. But, like, you can't do that unless you're experiencing that yourself. Yeah. It's just another tie-in, right? Yes. It's There's not going to be a time when I'm not feeling frustration or, you know, when one of us isn't doing that because because we're different beings mm-hmm. and and so it, we're not working towards some kind of ideal place in the end we're just working towards managing it every time it happens mm. which also reflects to me on marriage and friendships you know it's just how do we how do we manage these big overwhelming feelings that we feel so you know we take breaks a lot like i will take a break so and that's what does a break look like that's if different I can ask. yeah um and knowing to ask for that do you have to ask for it I mean, we we just say we need it. We don't. I don't um, ask for permission. But right. if we're in an argument or something, um, I just say I need a break. So I'll just like either go in the other room or stay in the room and just like have space and not engage. Uh, and she does the same thing. But that is in the moment that other people would say time out. You know, does it? It feels similar, but just diff- completely different. Well, so here's the thing. It's. Um, it's given as a way to manage what's happening, not as a punishment for having mm-hmm. an emotion. Mm-hmm. Like the pun, if you have an emotion, you're not being, um, you know, abolished and made to feel alone in a room for having that mm. feeling. Oh, that's interesting. Like emotional isolation. Yeah, abandonment. Like oh, yeah, I abandon you because you feel this way. Yeah. And that I know is high level, and a lot, of, and a lot of times that stuff works. But for us, we haven't had to do that and so I'll say I need to take a break because you're you know you're not listening or we're not figuring out a solution together Mm -hmm. and I'm getting frustrated so then she can take a break you know if if we're in an argument she can take a break too but we try not to punish each other with breaks that's not really good but we're hoping that she can do that with other kids you know she's starting public school in the fall Mm. and that would be a good way, I think, to regulate oneself around other kids. Because it's, you know, obviously, you kind of shut your kid down, and then your kid shuts other kids down. And that's what happens unless you try to manage it better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's what we're working on. And that was the other aspect of peaceful parenting, right, was about consequences. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah. By re- oh, the goal is um, no punishment. I bet there's a few people who might be listening that is having like a little mini uh, <laughs> explosion in their yes. head about that because yeah. <laughs> discipline is a huge element of parenting. So how does that look? How does that look in your household without? Is that, am I saying that correctly? Without punishment? Yes, I would also say that for us is kind of an ideal statement, and we. We work to be there. I don't know if we always do it. Mm. But we, um, now that I say, I'm trying to think, like, what punishment have we ever done? Uh, we might take away a Daniel Tiger show one day. Like, you can't watch a Daniel Tiger show. That's probably, I'm trying to think if we've ever done any punishment like that in the past. So I'm not to say that we, uh, we particularly have never done it, but we try not to do it. Um, so... In not doing it, if she does something wrong, we try to talk about what can she do to repair it. And that is the more important part than say you're sorry or, you know, go sit in your room or, 
you can't have that toy. You know, none of those things are helping the situation. Yeah, because you think about, you know, banishing a child to a room, really what you're allowing them to experience is shame, guilt, and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, Does that really, does that cultivate, like, the... Being empathetic to anyone. Exactly. It's, couldn't think of what I was it makes you just, you It makes you feel more like your emotions are rightful mm. and and not being validated. Mm. And and then it's hard really to come together, to have any understanding, any bridge building between the two parties. So so no so the idea with no punishment is that with regulating yourself, validating your kids' emotions, and then trying to make amends or reparations that there doesn't need to be punishment because you've explained, you know, I don't know, you've explained the situation, you've tried to make it right together and you've allowed the other person to acknowledge Do you think she would still have awareness of having caused hurt? Oh, right. Yes, I do. I think when she hurts someone, she knows. She knows. I actually, I mean, I think most people know. I think that would be, I think, a bigger problem. Yeah. But I, I guess my limited perspective is like a parent would say, tell this child you're sorry to help them understand they've done wrong. But my question would be, do, do they know how are they learning the signs of wrongdoing if punishment isn't a part of it? And I, I'm, I'm like fully on, I'm just no, playing devil's smart. advocate yeah. a little yeah. bit. I mean, you know? I don't, I think that you... You learn ethics, morals, and values from modeled in your household, also from being out in the world and any interactions that you have. So I don't, I don't know if you learn models and values based on discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's something more of a behavioral um, exercise. Mm. I also think when you, you know, you see someone hurt, or you see the, you see something happen that you did wrong. I feel like they know. And really, they probably know and, one, don't want to feel bad anymore, so immediately try to veer away from it, um, avoid the topic, or they don't. They already know that you're going to come to them and say, you did something wrong, it's a bad feeling. But it's okay to feel that way. And, yeah. and probably they had a good reason. I mean, unless they're mean, you know, and I don't feel like kids are really that mean. They... They wanted it because they had been waiting and it was their turn. Mm-hmm. Or they wanted it because, you know, Penelope threw her bowl of food on the floor because she doesn't like spinach. And so, you know, it's not like, no, we, we you pick that up and go to your room. You know, that doesn't teach anything. So I always try to, like, learn, be understanding to her, you know. Do you not like spinach because it tastes gooey or goopy or bitter, <laughs> you know? Or do you not like that it gets stuck in your teeth? We talk about... What what is what right, was think the about how much more self awareness she's getting from from that like finding those truths yeah or like nice. you don't want me to pour water on your head because it makes your eyes sting and also mm-hmm. when you're playing you have to like stop playing and then go back into playing and how annoying is that and like or whatever it is but we always mm-hmm. talk about what her motivation was because the motivation is usually real and I feel like usually good hearted yeah. I mean, I guess I'm only speaking for, you know, my girls. So sure. I guess I believe in the good in people. Yeah. So that would be a part of this. I mean, that's a core belief that allows all of this this style yeah. to really thrive. Yeah. 
Um, how do you, how were you able to communicate? So it sounds like there's a lot of clarification, communication, transparency going on. How does that happen when they maybe can't understand you when she was a little bit younger? How did that happen? Yeah. Or was it less important at that time? It was probably a little less important to, to explain, to like explain everything. But I think loving them through it is, is important. Like um, when you walk outside and they say, can I have a snack? And you say no because of, they've already had one or you, there's not a, like a bodega around the corner or whatever. You say no. And then they're like, but I, you know, whatever their reason is for wanting a snack and it's not an invalid reason. And then I, and then you ask yourself, am I just going to stick to my guns here to teach them a lesson? Or am I going to be understanding of what they're asking for and consider what I want and then weigh those two things and figure out what the right thing is and that's more work but you're saying when they're younger how do we communicate it I think that this might be a bad thing to admit I think that we um, do we are open to going back on our word I don't think that's a part of necessarily the philosophy but I think it shows um, that things change and people change and and just holding on to something because that's what you wanted. Um, I mean, we we really try not to do that, I think, for consistency purposes. But situationally, we're open to it. So I think as far as like when they were younger, what is one thing to do is not let yourself feel like you're being a bad parent by, by making a new decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think res- respecting their motivation is not just you know um, narcissistic or sociopathic or you know like they're I feel like kids are good and they have good good reason that is often hard to explain I think that this style would be very difficult for someone who really just believes this is a child I'm an adult Um, they don't know any better they only know better because I show them or I teach them or I tell them what to do um I just think, like, the way that people feel about what their role is is so pivotal to how we do things. Mm-hmm. So what, I'm curious to know, what, what is your role from your perspective as a parent? How do you see that role? I feel like it's letting them be, like, seen and heard and recognized for who they are at all times. So that means that I can't trump that. You know, my my needs are not more than their needs. My needs need to be weighed with their needs. Right. And I think, and uh, I find this, you know, I talk about marriage lacks. I find this the same growth and, and difficulties and opportunities is um, choosing love and kindness in any moment can just change everything, change everything. the dynamic and um, everything. de-escalate so many things and just reinforce that you are uh, just meaningful and worthy. You know, and that, present. And present, you know, that the yeah. other person is worthy of all of this. And it's so easy to prove a point or stick to your guns and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think my role is to show them how to choose to be loving in any moment, whether or not it's, like, deserved. Um, 
And this, um, this peaceful style, it doesn't mean that you get less respect from your child, right? I mean... No, I, I mean, I don't, my Penelope is three and a half, so I, I'm hoping this continues to go well. <laughs> but I think understanding your parent is a, a big reason to respect your parent. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, fear-based respect may not be as lasting or meaningful. You know, maybe it works temporarily or in, or in some phase, but I think we're hoping for a more long-lasting it's very exciting to also consider what kind of self-trust she'll be cultivating, yeah. um, being so validated, because obviously, you know, if the parents' needs are the only ones that really matter, and their timing, um, and their word, and their emotions, yeah. really, what, <laughs> what the, what, how is that child learning to, to even cultivate some sort of inner voice or um, sense of identity, sense of self Yes. Because they're not really allowed to have a sense of self. And that that narcissistic parenting style, like I think we've all been exposed to that. Um, and I think that was a, a stepping stone mm-hmm. and still is important um, moving forward from maybe even older parenting styles. Yeah. But um, I just find it really exciting. And it's so interesting to see you interact with your, your, your girls I love they're awesome. I love who they are. <laughs> like I love I just because they have their own unique points of view and can express themselves and be imaginative and I love how you talk about curiosity and discovery mm-hmm. like every time I see you slash all day long <laughs> or like on text or you leave me like text audio messages that are just about I'm discovering these <laughs> sound bowls today you know no but it's so I love that I and people like you I hope that they are like you Oh, may I cl- may I close oh may, I, may I close on that? No, because it's That's so beautiful. So it is, and it's um, it's a way to be who you are in every room for your whole life. You know, it's not a way to get a job and then retire. You know, it's it's so much more. I'm speechless. <laughs> I mentioned that this had to be a mini episode because Kate has to return to the city life and I, I have to go. Her. Yeah, I have to go pump breast milk. <laughs> yeah, she's got to go take care of the babes. Um, but, you know, Kate is actually a really, really, really great writer. I've known this since, you know, our yearbook when she wrote in it. Whoa. Um, which I wish I had and I could read it. That would be hilarious. But um, maybe we will have a part two with her in the future about writing because I think I mean, I love using writing in FYF stuff, and I think that that could be a really cool part too. Yes. So if you're down for that, we can uh, we'll find that we'll hopefully find some time in the calendar. But is there anywhere that people can find you? Do you want to plug any websites or anything? Optional, but I definitely KateHughes.nyc. That's my advertising writing site, and for editorial, it's KateHughesNYC.Contently.com. I write about motherhood, fashion, beauty, and technology. So you can find me there. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And we're going to go catch that train. Peacefully. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Finding Your Freestyle podcast. 
To learn more about Finding Your Freestyle, visit our website at www.findingyourfreestyle.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook under Finding Your Freestyle.